Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Hello, welcome to Premier League Daily. Seven days a week, this podcast is your go-to place for all the latest opinion, news and analysis on the Premier League, the greatest league in the world. And it's already basically been a week since the action started. We can't wait for the next round of fixtures in the Premier League. But of course, there are a few things on the agenda to talk about today, including the UEFA Super Cup, which took place between two Premier League teams last night. Chelsea, the Europa League winners, took on Liverpool, the Champions League winners. That's the first time two Premier League sides have contested that competition. We're also going to talk about Alexis Sanchez. Reports in the newspapers today circulating, suggesting that Alexis Sanchez is being forced out of Manchester United. And also we'll be recapping the predictions from last week and picking our dark horse players for the season. I want you to pull out the Charlie Adams of this world. I want you to pull out the, the Glenn Murrays from a it few seasons ago. won't be Charlie Adams. Charlie Adams will not be a dark horse this season. <laughs> I will categorically say that now. I don't even know if he's got a club, has he, Charlie Adams? Anyway, that's Jim Salveson over there. Hello, Hello Jim. That's Stefan Armstrong Hello. over there. Hello, Stefan. How's it going? But first, we're going to get a Chelsea fan on the line. We're going to talk to Kerry from the Chelsea podcast, who I'm presuming is not too devastated about last night's UEFA Super Cup defeat. Hello, Kerry. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. How are you all? It's good to be speaking to you. Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. We're all slightly tired, actually, because I think we ended up staying up later than we anticipated watching this UEFA Super Cup, which went all the way to penalties. Um, What did you make of the game? Well, it was actually a great advert for the Premiership. It was interesting in in a way, in all the ways that the Liverpool Tottenham Champions League final was a bit of a letdown, we suddenly saw two teams really going at each other in what is supposedly just a jumped-up friendly. But it was a, it was an incredibly interesting game of football, I thought. Yeah. If I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be more disappointed about the fact that my team had been on a four-hour flight to and from Istanbul and played 90 minutes of football and extra time and penalties in the middle of the first week of Premier League action than I would be that we'd actually lost a cup that, as you say, Kerry, doesn't really matter. No, uh, and actually, I was feeling like that before the game because after coming off a, a 4-0 loss against United, which was a 
which was a strange affair in its own right. And you saw signs of what Chelsea could possibly become. I was worried that this would interrupt all the work they had to do. But mm. it does look as though Chelsea have got down to an awful lot of work since that game. And just getting Kante in the midfield seemed to just glue everything together. And in a way, even though really they need to get rid of the extra time in games like this, we did see, I, th- I, th- I thought we saw an evolution in the Chelsea side very quickly from what happened on, on Sunday. Because it's, it's very easy to play well against teams and still out badly like we did against United. And then that affects the confidence. But I think what we saw was confidence carrying on developing. So it, it's a strange one. I, I kind of feel like you say it's it's a tough thing to make them go all that way and then come back. And if they didn't stay over, they were coming back at breakfast time this morning. Who knows how that was organised? But um, you know, I think we got something very solid out of the game last night, and I think we'll stand us in good stead for the season. Kerry, you mentioned um, Kante uh, starting there in the middle of the park. What about Giroud up front? He obviously got the first goal. Chelsea went 1-0 up. How do you feel about that? Well, it was, it was, uh, it was what was more interesting about the fact that uh, we had this brilliant move between Kante, Pulisic, and then Giroud doing what he does, which is usually put the ball on, tar- on the target. And I, you feel sorry for Giroud because... He never gets a full run. And, uh, you know, I like the fact we've got Tammy Abraham and Frank wants to bring him on as a player and what have you. But knowing you've got Giroud to fall back on, who I think will probably help Tammy learn as well, is an amazing thing. And the way he took his goal was fantastic. But Pulisic, you can see why already we've spent £58 on him. I have to say that at the beginning of the season, I thought this was going to be Giroud's year. And we did a podcast on fantasy football. And he's said, not your dark horse for later, is he? No, it? he's not my dark horse for later. But I thought he might be one of the players to get a run this year. He could be Chelsea's yeah. first choice. Him coming into the team, it doesn't look like he is going to be first choice. It looks like Tammy Abraham's will be it. You mentioned Kante coming in. Jorginho came in as well. Mason yeah. Mounts and Ross Barkley went out. How much of it, Kerry, was Lampard learning from that hammering at Old Trafford? And how much of it was protecting players, resting players ahead of the weekend? Um, I think it's a mixture of everything. I actually think against United, it probably came a week too early for us. You know, Kante wasn't fit. Williams not fit. You, you know, Rudiger's not fit. Key people who would normally walk into that side, you know, you've got hudson Adoy out long-term, Ruben Loftus-Cheek out long-term people who'll be in and around the squad. So I don't think we were quite ready for the United game. But I still think that people like Mason Mount, they're going to get an awful lot of game time, as is Ross Barkley this season. And I think you'll see a lot of sharing of duties because we've got a lot of very good players. So it will be about how Frank handles the, the egos in a dressing room. It's all right now because everyone's vying for position and vying for place. How it develops through the season will be interesting to see how he copes with that. Mm. But having having the experienced players coming back in, and I should imagine that Frank is saying to them, "Look, you're all you know, you experienced players are in your thirties now. I need you to help me teach and bring on the young players. This is your important role. And I guess he'll get those older players to take the younger players under their wing. And I think it's an, it, it'll be an interesting balance if he can get it right." He will create a feel-good factor. And I've already been talking about how already we've had two losses 
And yet the feel-good factor is back at Chelsea. It feels like the early days of Mourinho, the early days of Ancelotti, the early days of Villar, the early days of... Holland, <laughs> uh, there's nothing that ever feels like the early days of Avram Grant. <laughs> Kerry, um, me and Jim have been talking about this today. No way was that a penalty last night. I just don't believe it. That could not have been a penalty. No, it, it was one of those. Look, it, it, there's one angle where you think just maybe touches a knee. And Adrian said in the interview afterwards, I did just slightly touch his his knee. The ball's already I mean, going out of play. He's not going to get anything from it. I couldn't have been a penalty. Oh, no, VAR, get VAR in the studio. <laughs> Separate these two. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, for me, it was definitely bought. It was a bought penalty by Abraham. He knew he wasn't going to get the ball, and he did the classic, well, I'm going to clatter myself to the ground. And you look at the referee's position, it, it would look like a penalty from where, where she was, because it does look as though, he, from that straight-on angle, it looks as though he may well just thunder into Abraham. From every other angle, it just looks as though there's no contact. So, can, uh, and I have he, to say, I thought the ref was brilliant. He, well, missed, uh, he, he missed the final pen of the shootout, so I guess some might say justice was done for Tammy Abraham. But that's beside the point, because what I wanted to ask you finally, Kerry, was... Are the expectations of Chelsea fans slightly tempered this season because of the fact there is a transfer embargo? You've got a manager in Frank Lampard, who, of course, is so well revered around Chelsea, a club legend, record goal scorer and all the rest of it. Are expectations still high for Chelsea standards, you know, top four minimum? Or is there going to be more leeway now with Frank Lampard amongst the Chelsea faithful? You know what, I think we've had such a, I hate using the word, it's sort of the word of football when things aren't going right, but toxic times down at Chelsea with, with atmosphere and what have you. That Actually, you, you've just seen something, we've just lost two games on the trot and the feel-good factor is back. So God knows what it'll be like when we start winning. It's <laughs> going to be amazing. <laughs> but I do think... That, yeah, the, in certain ways, the pressure is off. Nobody knows what Abramovich will do if he if we lost eight on the trot. Mm, yeah. You know, who knows? I, I know what he'll do. But, he'll sack Frank Lampard. That's <laughs> what he'll do. Well, who? I mean, I think Lampard will do all right at Chelsea this season. But if it doesn't, if you do lose eight in a row, nine in a row, who will lose their patience first with Lampard? Will it be Abramovich or will it be the fans? Or has Lampard got that oh, much Abramovich, credit with the club well, that he's untouchable? We don't know with Abramovich because his actual future surrounding the ownership of Chelsea is in doubt anyway with this whole thing with the British government and mm. him being a Russian and, and visa issues and all the rest of it. So we could talk about that Can for a whole uh, another episode of the podcast. But I just wanted to get Kerry's opinion on what would be the lowest you would accept, which is a very roundabout and strange way of saying where do you think you'll finish? But, I mean, what would be sort of the bare minimum for Chelsea this season as an expectation? Hey, I think as long as we don't get relegated, I'm going to be happy this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad, Kerry. Kerry, Kerry, Kerry. It's not. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. Um, honestly, I've got no expectations. I'd like to think we'll at least challenge for four. Uh, you know, we need to get a win to get going. But I do think there is something going on there and that everyone's buying into it. Of course, we will see how it develops through the season. But at this moment in time, I do feel as though we'll be challenging for top six place and hopefully for top four. Brilliant stuff. Kerry, where can we find the Chelsea podcast? You can find it on the usual podcast providers. We're out there as the Chelsea. So come and have a listen. I'm sure none of you will. Uh, but, you know, it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's one of those. It's just purely about Chelsea. So if you're a Chelsea fan, it's perfect. If you're not, 
Maybe not so perfect, but there you go. <laughs> Great stuff, Kerry. Hopefully we'll catch up with you throughout the course of the season. Definitely. Cheers, Kerry. Thank you so much. Can I, can I just say on top of that, the saddest thing about last night's game was not seeing John Terry come on with his full kit to lift a trophy. <laughs> that was the saddest thing about last night. Only because he didn't fly out there. <laughs> if he had been out there, you would have seen him in the full kit. But you did see Jurgen Klopp run across the uh, the pitch like Altior in oh, the he's Grand National. It to someone yeah, you know large. what? Jurgen Klopp got a lot of stick for that on social media. And he's got stick before when they've got results that they were expected to get at clubs like Burnley or whatever and he got a lot of stick for celebrating like he'd won the World Cup I love it last night I think it's absolutely brilliant I think that is Liverpool's hope of winning anything this season is Jurgen Klopp and his enthusiasm <laughs> there was a story that in Kiev for the final that he gave his half-time team talk in a pair of Cristiano Ronaldo pants and it was like his way of communicating so I reckon he was doing that last night but that kind of energy and that kind of enthusiasm from Jurgen Klopp and the fact he treats every single game like it's a cup final yeah. that is the only way Liverpool will get anything out it's of this class. season I just, they, they I just need think, to believe they can win everything I just think who cares though why give him stick for that it's like wh- why oh, it's brilliant he's What's the he most entertaining manager in the Premier it might League. be a bit in- cringy or a bit embarrassing from your point of view but why does anyone even care that's what I don't understand. I think it's it's a it's a way for other clubs to accuse Liverpool, and I mean Liverpool's one of the few clubs you can't accuse of being a small club and having small club syndrome. Yeah. But it's their way of going, oh look, you care about winning away at West Brom, but you th- care about winning the Europa Europa Super Cup, whatever the thing was called. <laughs> it's like that that shouldn't be significant to us because we're a bigger club but for you it matters it's I've, kind of a stick to beat him with it's like the city empty seats yeah thing, isn't it? i find it weird everyone you know he's a passionate manager and everyone's like oh he shows passion my football club portsmouth although it's league 1 and totally different from the premier league we've got a manager in kenny jacket who many say is passionless doesn't show any emotion on the touchline he's a very cool almost cold manager mm. when you see him on the touchline and compared to our previous manager paul cook who's now at wigan Paul Cook was a maniac. He'd run around shouting at the referee, get sent to the stands. Oh, Cookie, you're a legend. Everyone loves him, showing this passion. As long as your team's winning football matches, that's the manager's job. It's not the manager's job to go around waving a corner flag around above his head and being an idiot. Jose Mourinho running down the touchline doing a knee slide is brilliant for the fans. Mm. I mean, Roy Hodgson doesn't show passion, but if he keeps (laughs) Crystal Palace in the Premier League, he's a good manager. But that's it. It does buy you time with the fans. If you look like you care and you look like you're enthusiastic, we all remember Steve McLaren... Wally with the brolly standing on the sidelines <laughs> as England were defeated showed no emotion and Terrible. no passion. If he'd been jumping around, if he'd been shouting at his players, if he hadn't had the brolly up, he probably would have survived a little bit longer. So that kind of passion is, it's a tactical play from managers and Jurgen Klopp's really good at this. We saw when he came to Liverpool, he started talking instantly about how much he liked the Beatles. It's like, it's little things uh, that ingratiate you with the fans. It's complete tactics. As, as a half German, I can say he's the most enthusiastic German in the world. What a guy. What a guy. You've even got the same glasses as him. I know, I know. I'm, and I'm, you're growing a bit of a beard. My whole style is based upon Jurgen Klopp. Klopp mania. He's going to come in gurning with a big trophy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is Premier League Daily. Jim, Stefan and I'm Niall here in the studio. Don't forget to get involved on social media as well, at The Sports Social on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another show. Seven days a week, we'll have all the updates for you that you need. And talking of updates, you can find daily team updates for your Premier League club. All 20 of them every single day will keep you updated via our Amazon Alexa skill. All you need to do is say, Alexa, enable sports social to make sure you activate that skill. Anyway, this is Premier League Daily. And after this, we'll be talking about Alexis Sanchez. Is he being forced out of Manchester United? Should he be forced out of Manchester United? Many people will be inclined to say, 
say yes. We'll also be talking about our dark horse players for the season after this. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Welcome back to Premier League Daily. Niall McCorn here in the studio with me today. We've got Jim Salverson. Hello. We've got Stefan Armstrong. No, uh, we just had Kerry on from the Chelsea podcast talking about the UEFA Super Cup. Another defeat for Chelsea, although it was a much narrower defeat than it was against Manchester United at the weekend. They lost 4-0 in that Premier League curtain raiser at Old Trafford for those two clubs. But for Manchester United, there's been talk over a conundrum for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer about who he plays up front. Rashford scored two goals, so I think that's a flying start mm. for the young lad. There's 17-year-old Mason Greenwood, who is probably going to be under a lot of pressure to try and fill one of those striking roles now that Lukaku's departed the club. Anthony Martial is a quality player when he wants to turn up. Um, but what about Alexis Sanchez, who hasn't turned up at all since he signed for Manchester United? Reports in the newspapers today, Jim, suggesting that He's on his way out of Old Trafford. Yeah, well, the reports are that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is giving him an alternate matum. Basically, you either leave the club or you play with the reserves. Absolute rubbish. There is no way this story has any grounds in reality, <laughs> even it, in the slightest. It's slow news day, do you reckon? It's just, I, I just can't see it. I can't see Solskjaer being that type of manager, and I can't see Manchester United taking that kind of stance. No given the investment they currently have in Alexi Sanchez. I think the ideal scenario for player and club is that he leaves, but at the same time, he's earning somewhere between 300 and 500 grand a week, depending which reports you read. He has got pedigree in the Premier League. He can do a job, and he might be able to do a job for Manchester United at some point this season, given, as you say, Niall, they are relatively short of striking options now Lukaku's left. Do you think it's last chance saloon for Sanchez now, or do you reckon it's over? At United? Yeah. I think he still is a player who has ability. I don't believe that he signed a contract with Manchester United with some kind of magic pen that sapped all his ability <laughs> out of his fingers. It just doesn't work like that. That's not how football works. But sometimes it just doesn't work, doesn't it? You've always got like bogey teams that you yeah. play against. Maybe United's just his bogey club. Just something there doesn't work. Maybe he doesn't like Manchester. Maybe mm. doesn't he doesn't particularly like, like where he is in the team. He like, seems what, like a on? sensitive soul, doesn't he? And he, he loves his dogs and he likes spending time with his dogs. And, <laughs> and he doesn't really, he kind of keeps himself to himself as far as the club and bonding with teammates is concerned. And, you know what it's like if you're in a relationship that you think is coming to an end and the last few months of that you were completely disengaged with that and there is no way back and you're just planning your exit. It's like Sanchez yeah, has been elsewhere. Yeah. The yeah. difference is you don't get paid half a million a week <laughs> to be with a girlfriend you don't really want to be with. But he's been in that kind of relationship void. So it's difficult to find a way back in from that. But maybe a change of manager. I would, Solskjaer is still new in the job and a chance yeah. and a run in the first team will change that. I would love to see him do well at Man United. It'd be brilliant. I mean, he's, he's the right sort of player for United as yeah. well. He's got flair. The fans would love him. I think the fans have given him so many chances oh it'd be great to see something work but I think he's going I think the next window where does he go this window that's the problem because the wages are so high but like surely for both club and player it's better if they just split up amicably I was reading in the mail it's going to need to be a club which can afford to pay his wages he's not going to take a huge hit on his whatever it is thousand pounds a week we know it's high like an Italian club like Milan or something like that I was thinking someone like Bayern Munich you know who need wide Mm. players they've gone after Sane who's obviously a level above Alexis Sanchez at this moment in time I don't think there's any questions about that but they've lost Robin they've lost Ribéry due to retirement or release Releasing yeah. them or whatever, they need wide players. Or and a PSG, maybe Sanchez, maybe. Could, I mean, PSG is an option. I mean, there are clubs that would take.
take Alexis Sanchez. And you do think that, like you say, sometimes a change of scenery can, can freshen things up a yeah. bit and, and, and it can actually improve a player. His time at United has been turgid. Let's be honest. And Free he, goals. He, he needs to get out. He needs to get out for the good of his career, for the good of Manchester United. The fans will obviously continue to be on his back because he's on so much money. It's just one of those situations where either United bite the bullet and get rid or they do give him, as you say, Stefan, one last chance, that last chance saloon and hope he delivers. His time, the, you know, the fuse is lit. The fuse was lit a season and a half ago and it's burning down. And and that that's going to come to an end very soon. Someone will get a deal out of this. And I've read in the Daily Mail reporting that AC Milan, Juventus and Napoli are all potentially interested in signing Sanchez. And if you can get a player like Sanchez for 20 million, and if United are this desperate to get rid of the player yeah. and get that money off their wages, I'm sure 20 million would be a very attractive offer for him. But they'll get a bargain. He'll go somewhere else. He'll reinvigorate his career. He'll show the form that he showed at Arsenal and he'll be an absolute baller again. Or he'll do what Falcao did and just kind of meander on a little bit more. I think he's still got it and I think he'll make himself great again. I think he'll still get amongst the goals. He's going to wear Donald Trump hat. Yeah. Make <laughs> Alexis great up, again. Hands up with Trafford with hats outside. Make Alexis great again. Before we move on though, did you see the story about him and Mason Greenwood in training? Yeah, apparently. Uh, apparently they were squaring off against each other. Were they? Um, well, I mean, you, I mean... Who, who do you reckon would win in that fight? Sanchez all day. Yeah. You South American. <laughs> Dirty players. He's probably got a wrestling mask he pulls out of his back pocket. A little flick knife. Yeah, I something mean, like You that. have to bear in mind there was that video a few months ago of Pogba and Lingard supposedly coming to blows. Oh, Pogba would have him. Hands and then, then you saw the rest of the video and they were just having a bit of a laugh. It was just the moment they picked the show on this, social media that made the... them a fighting. So there's probably nothing oh. in it. Do you know what? There is never anything in it. And if there is, then they're just going to have to get on with it because... It's so difficult as a manager, and people seem to forget this. If there's a 25-man squad, you've got 25 egos in mm. a dressing room who are all fighting for 11 spots. At the end of the day, everyone wants to play football, unless you're a third-team goalkeeper like Scott Carson, who's gone to Man City for a, for a bit of cash, then it's slightly <laughs> different. But players fight in training all the time. I think it's healthy they as well. Scrap. Oh, yeah. I've, I've it. worked at a football club healthy. before, and I've seen fights. I've seen fights between players. I've seen fights between players where a player's come in for training during the summer on his first day at his new club and started fighting with two other players that are well established <laughs> at the club. I've seen it before. Testosterone filled the young men. It's 100% a thing that happens. There's arguments in every office around the country, around the world, much like any other workplace. Football is the same, except it's just supercharged because you've got all of these blokes that have got big egos and, as you say, a fair amount of testosterone knocking around there. They are going to have fights. Yep. They are going to scrap with each other. Everyone seems shocked that 25 blokes don't see eye to eye all the time and they're not all best mates why is this why is like Sheringham and Andy Cole famously hated each other on the pitch yeah brilliant I think Greenwood maybe it's just got up Sanchez's nose thinking who's this kid he's come up from the youth he team he put a tackle in on him didn't he and he, good for him and I suppose if Sanchez good for him. I mean do you know what if it is true that maybe is a sign that Sanchez is on the way out because the last thing you want when you're on the way out I mean he's not going to be bothered about getting an injury at United is he while he's sitting on the bench because it makes no difference but if he is looking for a move away the last thing he wants is to pick up a little knock that might ruin that move to Juventus that move to Napoli whatever it is Okay then Alexis Sanchez doesn't sound like he's one of your dark horses for the season Jim (laughs) so out of all the players in the Premier League that you think might impress this season that maybe too many people wouldn't have heard of or at least not too aware of who are you going with? Right I'm going with a young player at Bournemouth, although he hasn't kicked a ball for Bournemouth yet because he <laughs> signed in the summer. <laughs> he came from Bristol City, 13 million quid, a player that you're probably familiar with, him plying his trade in Division 2 and you being a Pompey fan, <laughs> Lloyd Kelly. 
Uh, former Bristol City defender. Yep, yes. left back. Only had one and a half seasons playing for Bristol City, but impressed in those one and a half seasons. Played four times for England under-21s. Captained at under-20s level. And I just think he looks like a really impressive prospect in the Premier League this season, if he gets the minutes. So he plays left-back normally, but he can also fit in at centre-back. And we've talked loads on Premier League Daily about how there's a bit of a shortage for centre-backs Yes. Right now in the Premier League. But you look, he's big, he's athletic. You look at his defensive stats and he won when at Bristol City and obviously it's a different ball game when you're playing in the Premier League. But 47% of headed duels he won. He won 5.5 interceptions per game. And he looks like a really solid defender that will get minutes at Bournemouth. And I doubt very much that in two seasons time he'll still be playing at Bournemouth. And the thing I like about him most is not only is he captained at the under 20s level, which shows he's got a decent attitude, but also the way he's talked about at the Bristol Academy. He's kind of been the poster boy at that academy for not only the way he's developed and come through the ranks, but also his attitude and his work rate. And I genuinely think he could be in for a real breakthrough season this year with Bournemouth and then next year, 50 million quid, he'll go off to Liverpool. That's a bold prediction. I just think he could be the next big no, money if, defender. If this happens, then hands down. <laughs> there you well, go. Well done. Well, we've got a year to find out. I'm we? impressed. Well, on the left back theme, I'm going to go with another left back, uh, Ender Stevens for Sheffield United. He's more of a left wing back, but he has played the conventional left back role. He's an Irish international, uh, only made his Republic of Ireland debut in 2018, but he's 29 years old and he's gone from League Two to the Premier League in two years. A late bloomer. Jamie Vardy. But he was at Aston Villa, in all fairness. He was playing in the Irish League for uh, Shamrock Rovers and then got spotted by Aston Villa, moved over to the Midlands, applied his trade for Aston Villa, did play some Premier League games uh, between 2012 and 2015, which was when he was at Aston Villa. Seven uh, league appearances for Villa in total. A number of loan spells uh, was loaned out all over the place before he signed for, like I say, my team, Portsmouth, in 2015. Helped us win League Two, was Mr. Consistent down the left-hand side really consistent fullback and I think sometimes you see fullbacks now that are so engaged in getting forward and putting crosses in that sometimes their defensive duties can be slightly lacking Aaron Wambasaka is a good example of the opposite of that I think he's an extremely consistent fullback Aaron Wambasaka I'm not saying that Ender Stevens is as good as him mm. but certainly for a, for a club that have just come up in Sheffield United they've got a solid player he would be my pick I agree with you it kind of it, it seems like a ridiculous thing to say, but you can't always judge a defender on how many goals that defence scores. You can be a brilliant player playing within a dodgy defence and still shine in the Premier League. Yeah. So there is still... And the same goes with Lloyd Kelly at Bournemouth. They're not going to be challenging for the top six this season. They're not going to keep that many clean sheets, which is why I think being able to impress in that environment, and you certainly get enough opportunities to impress when you're playing in a weaker team and you're in defence or goal or one of those positions gives them the opportunity to shine and be picked off by the bigger teams. Whether, as you say, a 29-year-old is going to get that opportunity to step up at the end of this season if he does impress is another question. Mm. Stefan, what are you going with? I've gone for two, right? One's a dark horse and one's going to be like a, a second coming, the rebirth of a player, right? Okay. So... To begin with, I know you're a big, big Portsmouth fan, so I've gone for a Southampton player. <laughs> Newly signed Southampton player, came up from the non-league, started with Odeby Town, then went to Ilkeston, that great Yorkshire setup, then went to Sheffield United, Birmingham, scored 34 goals for Birmingham in the last two seasons. Who's it been? You're going to say Che Adams, aren't you? Yeah, I think he's going to come through and do good in the Premier League this year. What do you reckon? 
I don't know. They lost 3-0 to Burnley on Saturday, Stefan. Oh, I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be all right. They're signing for a bit of money. Who's creating the chances for him? Uh, Lamina wants out. El Yanusi wants out. So, I mean, who's creating the chances for him at Southampton? It's his time to shine. I can feel it. But I've got a different one for you as well. Right. Ravel Morrison. Sheffield <laughs> United. Yeah. Absolute rubbish. Will he come back and be the player that no, Sir Alex Ferguson said he was going to be? He's played at Lazio, he's played at West Ham. And it's every, not worked out and for him. Every move he's had to Lazio, West Ham, QPR, whoever it is, they've gone, this will be the rebirth of Ravel Morrison. And it hasn't happened <laughs> because he's got a rubbish attitude and he doesn't care about playing football. You, you can't t- remember, you can't forget Atlas or Osterson, the <laughs> other two teams <laughs> yeah, that he played for. A great side. My tip is that he's going to come back. He's a bit older now, he's matured. I think he's going to come back. He's going to get in that Chef United team and we're going to see a bit of a handy player. You know I think what? We'll, we'll see one good game from him and that's it. He'll yeah, disappear. Do, do you know what? He'll, he'll get a man of the match performance. He'll get two assists, score a goal. Everyone will love him and he won't turn up to training. Did he play the weekend? <laughs> did, he, did he play this weekend just gone? Did he get uh, I don't think he did, no. Okay. Ravel Morrison and Che Adams are your two picks. So two Sheffield United players, one Bournemouth player who hasn't kicked a ball and uh, a player who probably won't kick a ball for the <laughs> well, whole season. Expertise. Sounds dark like we've horses. gone well. Don't, <laughs> if you've got any dark horses for the season, get involved on Twitter. Let us know at the Sports Social. We want to hear your opinions, of course. And if you are listening via iTunes, leave us a nice little review on the podcast as well. But before the end of the show, last week, Jim, you challenged me to uh, do a little Premier League prediction game Correct. with your son. My son is five years old and just to give you an idea of where his football knowledge starts and ends, we live in Manchester, right? His mates support Manchester United. I've convinced him that West Ham United is the same team. (laughs) So so he, he goes around in a West Ham United shirt thinking it's United. So that's kind of where his football knowledge begins and ends. Come on, you irons. So the first game you had to predict was Burnley Southampton. Here's how Bay went. Burnley Southampton. Girl. He went for a draw. The result was a Burnley win, which you picked. Hey. That's 1-0 to you oh, now. Are you smarter than a five-year-old? <laughs> yes, you are. Second game was Crystal Palace versus Everton. Bay went Palace, Crystal Palace versus Everton. Hmm. Palace. Crystal Palace. Bay went Crystal Palace. You went... Do you remember what you went for? I think I did I go for draw on that one. You went Everton. Oh. But it was a draw, so no points there. And mm. the final game was... Watford or Brighton and Hove Albion? Watford are known as the Hornets, Brighton and Hove Albion are known as the Seagulls. So who'd win a fight? So he went Seagulls and Brighton had an emphatic win against Watford 3-0. You went for a draw. So it finishes 1-1. So the first week's results are Congrats, now. No one stepping into the lead. This week's games, you're going to predict first. We haven't got Bayes yet, so I don't know how he's going to do. So the three games I've picked for this week for you to predict, Brighton versus West Ham. After last week when Brighton turned up for the books and beat Watford 3-0. I was, I just... On paper, you've got to say West Ham. This isn't on paper, Stefan. Oh. This is live on a podcast. Oh. It's totally different sort of pressure. I'm going to go with the draw, yeah. You're going to go for a draw. Norwich versus Newcastle. Relegation uh, battle. As, as, much, <laughs> yeah, as much as I think Newcastle will do better than people expect this season, I don't think they'll be right down in... Well, they will be, but I don't think they'll be as close to the relegation places as people think. Norwich at home play some decent football games. I'm going to go with Norwich, you know. Norwich Why not? Win. Norwich at home, Carrow Road, first win. Yep. Get everyone feeling that they're going to stay up and then they'll get thrashed the rest of the season. Final one. Aston Villa versus Bournemouth. 
draw again. It's got nil-nil written all over it, that for me. Two draws and a Norwich win. We'll find out how you did next week. I love how you pick the most exciting <laughs> games possible. It's like on Super 6 when they give you like all the games and then they'll give you like AFC Wimbledon against Rochdale or something. You have to try and it's predict. It's got City-Tottenham this weekend. Nah. Yeah. Everyone can predict City-Tottenham. <laughs> Everyone can. Great stuff. Thanks for listening to Premier League Daily. Thank you very much, Jim Salverson. Tom. Thank you very much, Stefan Armstrong. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another show. Every Saturday we'll have an in-depth preview for you looking across all of the weekend's action and every Sunday night don't forget to listen to the podcast where we'll be reviewing all the action all the big talking points over the weekend's Premier League football and if you have an Amazon Alexa smart speaker in your house don't forget to ask it to enable Sports Social for daily updates on all 20 Premier League clubs set your team choose your team and get an update on your club every single day of the week and also you'll be able to find Premier League match previews and reviews for every single Premier League game of the season it's really cool so just ask Alexa to enable sports social. But for now, from Premier League Daily, we'll see you tomorrow. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. I love my club. Every match, the manager, every player who's pulled on the shirt. Don't just talk to me about football. Talk to me about my one and only. I love my club, but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only with Sports Social. Get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.